The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Stetson University, the Stetson University Writing Center, or the Brown Center for Faculty Innovation and Excellence at Stetson University. Welcome back, folks. Today, we continue with part two of our very first episode of Tipping Our Hats with Meg Young, faculty member in the School of Business Administration. Last week in part one, Meg shared some of her lived experiences as a first-generation non-traditional college student. She talked about the administrative experiences that inform her classroom practice, and finally, she offered us some valuable insight into how she facilitates difficult conversations in the classroom. In part two, she takes us through specific strategies she uses to get students thinking about subjects like the connections between the language we use and our identities, both embodied and performed. We explore the fact that regardless of our disciplines, issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion are always at play and relevant to instruction. And finally, we consider teacher ethos and identity and what it means to be our true selves in the classroom. All right, y'all. Part two is coming right up. Stay tuned. I'm interested in returning then, since we're on the subject of teaching writing and we're talking about how uh, we can sort of incorporate conversations on diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, and multiculturalism, um, among other uh you know, um, identity centric frameworks. Um, and please forgive my ignorance, but uh, whenever I think of professional communication, um, writing in, in uh, business and other sort of corporate um, contexts, um, I get the impression that things are very sort of genre centric um, or genre focused. Um, is that the case and so how do you sort of make room for those conversations on identity on the ways that say right language and identity intersect right on um subjects like you know uh multiple englishes or or uh you know uh, uh writing across uh um, different dialects in particular uh, contexts or or any of the sort of ethical kind of questions that I think are pretty common across um, different fields that prioritize writing, right? For case in point, rhetoric and composition, right? We are very much interested in subjects like the students' rights to their own language and, uh, and things of the sort. So, and, and that's part of my kind of research focus and teaching focus as well. So um, how, how do you make space for those conversations um, in, in the classes that you teach? That's, uh, the class that I um, am currently teaching the most sections of is professional communications. And it, it consists of uh, speaking and, and writing um, in general and in the business world. And so the way that I make sure that I incorporate 
um, diversity, inclusion, and equity in every class is we always look at it from a local and global lens. And so we bring in um, different cultures, different work cultures, different, um, you know, identities. How would, uh, you know, how do we see this from a different lens? Like, are we, you know, we're not always looking at it from a, um, in the business school, a lot of times it's that, you know, that white male Eurocentric um, thought process. And, um, you know, I'm constantly asking the students to break outside of that box and to think about um, things and to um, talk about like uh, the anti-racist movement and practices um, and thinking about how they're gonna, when they get into the workplace, how they're gonna challenge systems and structures and policies of racism to address, um, you know, those systems of privilege that a lot of them um, are a part of and, you know, and that I am a part of. Um, and so we just, you know, talk about it from those perspectives. A lot of what I do in the classroom is um, career readiness. And so we're, we're working from a perspective of, getting them ready um, for what they're gonna be doing out, into, out in the workforce and how can they change um, the world basically. And so just making sure that they have those tools to be basically a citizen of the world, not just a citizen of Stetson or a citizen of um, DeLand or you know, just to expand their knowledge and horizons and think about like if they got a job in um, Beijing, what is the cultural idea um, and what are what are what does professionalism look like in Beijing, um, so to speak? And so we have several different um, ways that we do that. I have a midterm project where they have to actually research what they're going to do for their experiential learning requirement, which we have two of those in the business school that they have to have to graduate. And so they can either do two internships or they can do an internship and a um, and a, uh, study abroad, or they can, um, there's some, there's a few other things that they can do um, in lieu of that. But, you know, I have them think that out. Like, what, what do you, where do you see yourself? Let's test, you know, the waters. Let's see, you know, I got my master's in criminal justice administration. I, I, I didn't realize that I wasn't going to, you know, really, that I didn't really want to get into that until I got in my final semester and had to do internship in a juvenile detention center. And I was like, <laughs> no, this is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. I thought I did. Um, I do love the research aspect of the criminal justice system. And I do um, use that research to try to combat the impressive, um, you know, structures um, today. But I definitely um, did not realize that I, that was not for me until I got into that internship field. And so I encourage them to really think that through and, and to go and learn about the world, you know, what world has to offer and go to, go to study abroad and, you know, see different places and expand their horizons. Um, and so, you know, that's part of our, um, you know, it's a project that we do in the class and then, um, then they reflect on that. And so there's a lot of reflective writing. Um, you know, I teach them, you know, formalized APA and this is how, you know, we do things um, if you're gonna go into research, but also like, I want you to think about this from your perspective, but then also I want you to think about this from someone else's perspective. And then so for our final project, they're able to choose their own um, topic and research whatever is their, you know, whatever they want to use for their um, future career. And so whatever that is. And so if they decide that they want to be um, 
you know, a doctor, they can research whatever their specialty is going to be. And they do a research project on that. And then they present it and they write a paper about it. Um, and so I, I always try to make my class useful in a way that whatever they're learning in there is geared to them specifically. Um, and so that they are really going to use this information, not just in this semester, but they can expand on this information for the rest of their career at Stetson and they can expand on it for the rest of their life. Um, so really my class is about exploring you know, what you want to do for your career, what you want to do, um, you know, who you, who do you want to be? Um, and so I sort of find a way to, to creep that um, diversity, inclusion, um, you know, intersectionality into everything that we do, um, because that's, you know, that's my research for my, my dissertation is intersectionality in the workplace. And so I just am really um, excited about showing them how, um, you know, the internet connected nature of social categories, you know, and like how the race and class and gender and political ideation overlaps and creates who they are, you know, and um, also we do a really great um, day one activity, which, um, you know, I just ask them to tell me who they think I am. And so that's always a fun activity. You know, here I walk in blonde haired, blue eyed white woman um, with all my tattoos covered up. And um, I am, um, you know, I, I appear to be, uh, you know, just this middle-aged, um, you know, doctor walking through the door. They know nothing about me, right? Unless they, they know somebody who knows me. And so the, the answers that I get are really funny. We write it on the board and they say, oh yeah, like, I'm sure like you're, you know, you're 40, you know, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you're, you're, you know, you're probably 40. You're, you're, you know, you're a doctor. You maybe you got your doctorate, um, you know, from Harvard. I'm like, oh. <laughs> jokes, jokes on you. Um, you know, and, and they, they tell me all these things. I'm married. Uh, my husband is, you know, a professional, like da, 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 da. And it's really funny, like for me to just like talk to them about like, I am queer, um, you know, I have tattoos. Um, I am, you know, I grew up in foster care. I aged out of foster care. Um, I did not graduate from high school. Um, I had to get a GED and, um, you know, I have, yeah, I've got plenty of education under my belt now, but I got there and it, I did not take a linear path, you know? And so talking to them about that and, um, I will say that it's pretty shocking to them. It's usually the queer part that's the most shocking to them, which I find, you know, pretty funny. I'm like, you know, I, I get, well, you don't, you don't look gay. And I'm like, what do gay people look like? I'm sorry, I didn't wear my rainbow flag sweatshirt today, but I'll make sure and do that tomorrow. Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's funny to me, um, you know, that they don't see, you know, they don't even th think about that part of, um, you know, intersectionality and um, which, for me, it's just normalized, uh, but for other people, it's always a thing. And I feel like I almost have to come out every day, um, which is, you know, it, it's, it's, it's the norm for me. So it doesn't, it, it's not, it doesn't bother me, but I still think every day, like, why does everyone think everyone is white, Christian and straight, you know, like, what is that? Um, and so having those conversations kind of opens up a door and it's exciting for me because I've had a lot of students, I'm sure I've turned a lot of students off with um, that conversation and, you know, 
hopefully, uh, you know, they at some point are like, you know, she's okay. She's okay. Like I, I like her, but then there's those students that really needed that. And I've had many students who have told me, thank you. Like I, I've had students, like I had a student recently just text me and say, Hey, I just came out to my parents. I don't think I would have come out to my parents if I hadn't had taken your class. Um, thank you for being you. And to me, just that one text message makes everything that I've been through, um, you know, being a queer faculty member in the School of Business Administration, openly queer is, um, you know, it's kind of unique. Um, and so it's it's sort of, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, ex I'm glad to be that poster child um, if I need to be, but also I just, I'm glad that I'm be able to support other queer um, students, other queer people and, you know, students who feel like that they didn't have someone that looked like them or was like them um, as a professional. And I think that that's, that's really powerful for me. And so, you know, in the classroom, I find ways to sneak, um, sneak in those conversations in every class, you know, and I'm constantly challenging um, those microaggressions in the classroom because when we're having those conversations, you know, we watch a video first day about microaggressions and it just talks about like, what is a microaggression? And, and students are like, have aha moments. They're like, wow, people have been, um, I've been, you know, guilty of this myself, you know, and they're like really rethinking everything and what they say. And I think that, um, it, you know, it's just a, it's an amazing thing whenever you see students really thinking about what they say before they say it. Um, and it's, you know, having a, you know, that, that has happened for me. Um, you know, my child came out as, um, as non-binary a few years back and it was really difficult for me not, not to, you know, I, more power to them, but it was really difficult for me to embrace the pronouns because I kept forgetting and I would call them by the wrong pronouns and it was rough. And I went to visit them in, um, you know, where they live. And I used the wrong, wrong pronouns when I was telling a story. And then I tried to justify it by saying, well, when that story happened, you were the other pronoun. And then I thought like, what, like, what is wrong with me? Like, why would I even like think in that way? And for me, that was such a learning process, you know, just having my child explain to me what that means. And, so those lived experiences, I try to share in my classroom as well with the permission of my child and just say, you know, I, you know, I have not always been a person who has gotten it right. And I've had to apologize many, many times for this. Um, and that's why I'm such an advocate for, um, you know, for pronouns and for definitely respecting all identities, whatever that means for whoever. Um, and you know, I hope that if, you know, somebody who was born in, the, you know, the mid 70s can, you know, rethink and relearn everything that they've known their entire life that I feel like that it's, it can happen for anybody. And I feel like that that's, um, you know, just what I, what I do. And I have this, um, you know, this saying that I have actually I made a sticker on my, uh, on my phone. So I always remember it. And it's like, I don't care how you were raised, unlearn that shit. Um, you know, and that's basically everyone, let's do this, you know? And so in the classroom, like we're constantly unlearning that shit and relearning new shit, right? And there we are.
for sure and just on uh you know on day one it's always interesting when you know you you take attendance for the first time right and um you ask students for uh their uh, any preferred nicknames but also their preferred pronouns and it's always uh, interesting to see who instantly is kind of familiar with those conversations and and you know uh and, and will readily say you know he him she her they them and the students who have to think about it for a second or perhaps have never been presented with that question right and so yeah that uh, kind of encouraging that 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 paradigm shift in the ways that students think about language and identity yeah is is so very important and and i'm glad to hear you say that um, you know, you'd also do a little bit of an icebreaker activity, right, where you ask students to try and guess various things about you. I've done something similar um, where I've asked students to list, or I split them up into groups, and I'll, I'll say things like, list three things you know for sure about me, right, three things you think you know, and then three things that you can guess, or three, three just random guesses, and the, the range of responses I've gotten have been hilarious, but I've also learned that students can be quite perceptive too. As much as they get wrong, they often get right. Um, I had a group of students flat out tell me that I was a cat person and they were absolutely right. Um, I also had another group of students, and this one still makes me chuckle, uh, tell me that I'm probably the type of person who dances when no one's looking. And they were right on the money with that one too. The number of times I've danced in my various offices when no one's around is uh, is is more than I can uh, than I care to count. So, um, thank you so much for you know sharing those strategies with us and and um, sharing the ways that uh, and you you incorporate your own identity right into the into your teaching practices right and that's. That's something that I think that a lot of um, that a lot of teachers uh, wrestle with, right? Is trying to tread the line of neutrality, right? If if that's even an appropriate word to use in context, right? How much of ourselves do we um, share in the classroom, right? Uh, me personally, I think it's a matter of just humanizing ourselves to our students. Right. Um, and and I'm often quite prepared to be um, transparent and on some level vulnerable with my students and share my lived experiences with them as needed. And I think that really, um, especially as uh, an instructor of color um, and someone who often, you know, has kind of a no nonsense visage and perhaps a little bit of militance to my appearance, like I um I know that that, uh, again, kind of humanizes me more to my students and, and, uh, and helps them to see perhaps, again, someone who looks like them, you know, standing in front of them in the classroom with PhD, et cetera, right? That, that sort of representation is so very valuable. I, I, I completely agree. And I do agree with the, um, the line of neutrality. And I used to err on the side of not sharing who I was in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And I have noticed that I definitely have built stronger 
and deeper relationships with students um, mm -hmm. from being vulnerable. And if it's me who has to put myself out there um, so students feel safe and heard and valued, then I'm willing to, you know, do that. Um, and if, in the beginning, I was not though. I was I was a little more um, reserved uh, with sharing my my personal identity mm -hmm. um, because you know you you don't want people to judge you if that's something um, you know that is not their their thing you know. But then I thought you know human rights are you know like I said before human rights are not political and that we all should be valued and. Um, celebrated for who we are. And so I try to do that for everyone in the classroom, even if they are, you know, who they are is not, does not align with who I am. That's it for today, folks. This has been your host, David T. Johnson. Thank you again to our guest, Meg, my co-host, Emery, and everyone in the Writing Center and Program, the Brown Center for Faculty Innovation and Excellence, the Office of the Provost in Academic Affairs, University Marketing, the Office of Risk Management, and all our colleagues and friends outside of Stetson who offered their insight and creative talents toward making this podcast possible. Be sure to join us next week as we conclude our first episode with part three of our interview with Meg. And finally, a very special thank you goes out to all our listeners. Please keep spreading the word and tune in next time as we continue tipping our hats to you.